1: Welcome to the new episode of Home Visit with Tyler Siski and the Associates, joined as always by D.J. Elliot, D.J., how are we doing? I'm doing great, man. I'm doing great. Uh, we're, we actually are coming to you on Tuesday morning instead of Monday morning, so we, we, <laughs> we don't have anything to talk about. Um... I mean, but we'll just start with a coaching carousel. We usually start with a week in review, but there's too much going on in the carousel. And kind of like we knew it was going to happen, you know, all these coaching changes were occurring before, uh, you know, what we call Black Sunday in the business even occurred. <laughs> it, it, and then, you know, seasons are in and coaches are taking jobs. So let's start it off because we can with my good buddy, Billy Napier, which we knew, <laughs> knew he was he was uh, riding out. It was probably some things we could, couldn't, couldn't tell earlier. Uh, but finally took his shot. Um, He's been very patient going to Florida. What do you feel about that?
2: I think it's a good hire. Billy Napier's been successful. Um, You know, he's a Nick Saban tree guy. The intriguing thing is how many assistants from that 2015 staff at Alabama are now Power Five head coaches. And, um, you know, he's – Use that same blueprint, I'm sure, at, at uh, Louisiana, and it's it's been successful for him. He was a successful coordinator at Arizona State. I had to defend against him when I was a DC at Colorado, and he was the OC at Arizona State. So I know he's a good coach and a good guy, and I and I think it's a uh, a good hire for uh, Florida. The funny thing is, is you know how many of those uh, SEC coaches are some tied to Nick Saban? I can imagine those SEC. <laughs> Uh, meetings with the coaches, and they all sit in there and, and they all have some tie to Nick
1: Saban. And it's, um, it's a good one to be tied to. Yeah, he's getting outnumbered quick. But, you know, <clears throat> I've had a chance, uh, obviously, know Billy personally, uh, have worked with him. I am ecstatic for him. Um, it's just, you know how it is. When you got good friends that get jobs, you're excited for them. And, and he is, um, one, he's extremely intelligent. He is a good human being. Uh, good family man, um, and I've, I've, I've said this on this show a thousand times, he's a thinker, you know, and he, he really, really, he he never makes uh, rash decisions, um, he, he's, he's extremely organized, he is a great recruiter, and he knows ball, which we talked about last week, kind of checks all the boxes, and if you're an SEC right. coach, you know, SEC school, you don't have to, you know, like you said last week, you don't have to sacrifice and go get a, a guy here, guy there, but... Right. Um it was very interesting uh which we'll get into this whole how Billy got to Florida was a very <laughs> interesting deal. Um he he became a hot name late and I think uh LSU stumbled a little bit and let him get out and let him get out of the state and I'll just leave it at that. They uh I think they thought they had their guy uh which we will talk about just very next and uh and they let Billy slip out. I, I bet they wish they could go back in time, but you know, there are no time machines. But look, Billy Billy has been waiting for the right opportunity, and uh, he has been offered countless jobs uh, in the SEC on top of that. He had been offered some jobs already this year, uh, and and Florida was the one for him. I think it's something that uh, the way he recruits. And the thing about this, too, I want to say this about Billy, too. Not only is Billy a great recruiter, Billy can evaluate, okay? And there's such a big difference. You know, you got guys that can recruit that can't evaluate, OK, and having run recruiting for a long time, you know who those guys are. And you, you say, OK, there's guys that you say, all right, I need you to go get this guy. Don't worry about telling me how good he is. Go get this guy, you know, or go get that guy. But Billy is a phenomenal evaluator. I'm excited. And this is if you're a Florida fan out there, I will just say this. OK, this has been a job that has a recent track record of not having any patients. And right. that's the truth. OK, right. If you give Billy time, he will win, and he will win big. I believe that. Um, and so that's all I would say to the Florida fans is just be patient, and he'll get you. And it won't take long. I mean, with the portal, the way everything is now, uh, it won't take long, but he'll he'll get them back pretty quick. No doubt. Um, you know, I'm surprised that
2: you're such good friends with him, with him being so
1: smart. I mean, I don't know what you guys talk about. <laughs> Very true. Well, <laughs> So Billy and I came in the funny thing is I'll tell a little, I'll tell a little Billy Napier story this this will this will get the uh, this is something people don't know so Billy and I came in to Alabama right on top of each other okay so uh, Billy had actually he was at he was the offensive coordinator at Colorado State okay and he had been in Alabama before as a as a uh, analyst okay and he had left uh, with Wayne to go to Colorado State as the OC so, He's there with uh, Mike Wayne, I think, for a year or maybe two years. I don't even remember. But then he goes and takes the tight ends job with Jimbo Fisher ex- at Texas A&M in the, all, you know, in the all season. Okay, Well, he was only there like six weeks. Right. And, and so he literally gets to Alabama like right before I got there, within days. And we sat next to each other in the staff room. So I sat at the very end of the table facing Coach Saban, which is not a fun place to be sometimes because you get, you get when he's mad. He looks right at you all the time. All right. So, but Billy was to my right, and I was sitting there, and, you know, I'm a big gear guy, right? I love gear. And so we get there, and we're getting all this gear, and all this stuff when you first get there. And I look over there, and Billy's wearing, like, some stuff I haven't seen. And no. he's got these, like, he gets these cool logos and stuff on them, like bowl patches mm-hmm. and things, and I'm going, like, I said, hey, man. I said, Billy, where are you? Where'd you get that jacket? Because it was wintertime. I was like, where would you get that jacket? Right. I looked around. He goes, this is all my Florida State stuff. I took – he took all – because they were Nike. He took all yeah. of his black and all of his gray Florida State stuff and took it down to the equipment room, and they covered up the FSU stuff with, like, Alabama logos and bowl patches. <laughs> and so he had all this cool stuff nobody else had. And so, but nobody knew that. But Billy, Billy was sharp on that. So
2: you know what? I've heard other people do that, and I've always been ignorant, and I always just give it away when I take another job. But I've heard people that take their gear, especially like you said,
1: neutral colors, and put a new patch on it and roll. Yeah. So I did. I give away. I'm the same way. I give away all my gear. But I will say this. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to apologize to Ken Crane. I did keep. I had this really, really nice winter jacket from Ole miss but it had this real obnoxious Ole miss logo like on the side like really big and so i, I it was warm man it was this awesome jacket i still have it so i got a friend of ours actually took a giant american flag and she put it because that's the only thing she could find so i have a, a nike american flag logo uh jacket that i wear uh that we got from Ole miss so that was fun all right, so uh, moving on, I guess the thing that shook everything up, and we talked about it last week, was uh, this Lincoln-Riley deal. So Lincoln-Riley, in case you're living under a rock, which if you're listening to this podcast and you don't know this already, you have bigger issues. Okay, so Lincoln, <laughs> Lincoln-Riley uh, put, the, put the squabosh on LSU and ends up going to USC. All right, so I know this happened for and I don't care what everybody says. I know what I've I've know I now know what had happened what had happened was. He was offered a job, okay, and was told that and the LSU people were told that he was taking it. Thus LSU kind of told everyone else that they were talking to to kind of, Hey, we're moving in a different direction and they start taking signing d you saw you saw this massive nobody realizes this, but you saw all these coaches last week signing deals everywhere. Okay. And right. then move, moving around was because LSU had decided who, that they were going with Lincoln Riley. Now, the agent used that and behind behind the, the door, and he ends up getting a deal done with USC. And uh, I know we talked a little bit yesterday. Uh, won't you tell everybody why Lincoln Riley decided to go to USC? You know, with uh, Oklahoma
2: heading into the SEC, I think that uh, it's going to be a tougher road to hoe for him. and. At USC, they have local talent. You know, they have um, uh, unbelievable uh, players just sitting right in their backyard. And Lincoln was already recruiting California. Yeah. You know, California was um, was the majority of the recruiting class for Lincoln. He had had a connection there. And I think that Lincoln just said, you know what, if I can get these guys to come to Oklahoma, I certainly can get these guys to come to USC. So I think he sees an opportunity to tap into a, a recruiting base there that he was was able to get at Oklahoma and, and get them to come to USC and even take them to the next level there in the Pac-12.
1: And the financial package is not going to be that bad either. <laughs> yes, and the financial package is, is through the roof. And look, and it, I've, I saw this on Twitter last night and again this morning before we started taping is, you know, now we got everybody complaining about how much money coaches are making and this and that and this and that and this and that. And, I mean, look. There's no other profession in the world like – I heard this yesterday. Ed Orgeron's in Destin, Florida right now at the beach, okay? Right. Two years ago, like two years ago, he's preparing arguably one of the greatest teams, if not the greatest college football team that's ever played the game to play in an SEC championship game that ended up winning the national championship and won like every award and every trophy known to the man. And he's on the beach right now unemployed. And – and coaches, and look, I mean, you look at Florida. I mean, Dan Mullen takes them to three straight New Year's Six Bowls. Three straight. Gone. First sign of struggle, gone. You look at, I mean, it doesn't matter. It, but the point of the drill is, is like football drives, admission drives. I mean, I know we talked about it, I think, in an earlier podcast. I don't even remember. But I know I've talked about it on here before, about we, we did a study about how much money Nick Saban brought into the University of Alabama you know when he got there and then of all you know how much the revenue started increasing and things like that but at the end of the day guys got i mean if they're going to pay you to do that you got to secure your future and that's why i've always said this your loyalty lies at the house okay and you got a chance to to take care of your family forever and would he be able to do that in Oklahoma sure but you got to like what you just mentioned you got to strike while the iron's hot while well, your value is high, because tomorrow your value could be nothing. Yeah. And that's the truth. You got, like, how hot was Dan Mullen's name three years ago? Right. I mean, he, he, he's unemployed. Correct. How hot was Justin Fuente's name a couple of years ago? Right. He's un- you have to strike while the iron's hot, because you work your, like we've talked about earlier, you work your whole life in this profession, and you get it one chance to make money, and you better make it while you get a chance. So I don't follow. And you work, and
2: you work numerous hours. I mean, un, 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 un ridiculous not, hours. And it's not normal. And you make it's not normal. And you make no money for many years, and you take sacrifices and moves and everything just to get up there. But I would also tell people that complain about the salaries of coaches. We don't set the salaries. It's not like I said, hey, this is what I'm going to make. The market does. The
1: market. The sets market
2: it. sets set the salary. And no different than any other career. You know, this is a capitalist country, and and if they didn't have the money, they wouldn't pay them. So yeah. guess what? They have the money. You know what I yeah. mean? Exactly. And so you know, you can't complain about that. It's just like you can't complain about movie stars making so much money. I mean, both coaches and movie stars are in the same industry. They're in entertainment. They're an in the entertainment industry, you know, and 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 that money and that industry makes money.
1: Yeah. And I'm and I'm not gonna get off on this whole tangent, but I will a minute, a second of it, but the the other thing, like people don't understand, like my first job when I went to North, I went to Northwestern State, okay, as a graduate assistant and was coaching tight ends, okay, had my own room. They paid. This is true story, and people are like, "Well, you know, y'all make too much money." Let me explain something. I, I take this job, right, and if it wasn't for my wife, I don't know what we would have done, okay. I got paid six. Hundred dollars a month for 10 months so I got six thousand dollars total okay right they didn't even pay us the two months they didn't pay us in June and July and here's the bigger kicker they didn't have we, we, we wasn't on scholarship we actually had to pay for our classes okay yeah. so you had to pay for your I was in the hole like <laughs> I actually paid to be a coach and then on top of that not only did we have to pay for our own school at the time, and I, now up until recently, I think this was a, I mean, they, they, this is, this went on there for years. Up until recently, I, th- I only think they got, they, the GAs there were on scholarship, okay? And so not only did I have to pay for my school, but also to be a GA, you had to teach classes. I had to teach two classes a semester. <laughs> I mean, like, so I was like, I was paying to do that.
2: Uh, same with me
1: you know i was so, a,
2: i was a career ga and if it wasn't for my wife's teacher's job we wouldn't have been able to pay the
1: bills yeah. my wife and, bless and, her and, heart and and
2: and, and 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 the crazy thing is is i wasn't working any less hours then making nothing
1: <laughs> probably more than
2: i was than i was as a coordinator in the sec you know what i yeah. mean i was working the same amount of hours but it was to get to that point you know you're building your resume to get to that point and sacrificing to get there and not everybody's willing to do that. And not everybody can do that. You know Correct. what I mean? So these coaches have, a lot of these guys have, have have put in the grind to get to where they are and have sacrificed to get to where they are. But again, they don't set their salary. The market
1: does. That's right. All right. So Lincoln Riley, will move on. Lincoln Riley goes to USC. And again, um, LSU thought that that, that wasn't going to happen. So they moved, they, they moved on. And I will say this. So LSU ends up with Brian Kelly. Okay, that happened. That that blew up the world last night. It's a good thing we taped uh, today instead of yesterday. We're gonna miss out on a lot of material here. Um, But Brian Kelly's name, I heard it's uh, Sunday about noon. uh, A buddy of mine said, "Hey, this is real," and I was like, "No way." Well, the first thing, the reason wasn't that I wasn't. He's not a fit, and all that. That wasn't my reasoning because. Lincoln Riley and Brian Kelly have the same agent. And I know LSU was <laughs> pissed at the agent for what happened with Lincoln Riley. I said, they're going to say, screw you. You know, they're not going through this, through this deal deal again. They had to swallow their pride, right? They had to swallow their pride a little bit. That's that's when you know things were – I know their list was low. I mean, they were running out of options in a hurry, in a big, big hurry. Um and they had a blank checkbook and went and got him. Uh, I have seen or heard, I guess the deal was actually a little bit less than Lincoln's. I think it was like 10 years, 95 million with incentives. Um, that's what I was told. I don't, I'm sure that'll come out at some point in time in the next couple of days. Uh, but 10 years, 95 million with incentives. So again, Brian Kelly, they're going, just like they did Lincoln, they're going to they're rip him apart about timing. Okay, and I want to I want to explain something to the fans. Well, you how can you you know their teams in position to be in the college football playoff, and they are. Um, how can you leave? There's no right time. I mean, there's no right time to go. Nothing's ever perfect, you know, because you have to. I mean, the other school's now paying you. You have to. It's who are you? You know, you got you got to be where your feet are, and if they're paying you, right. you got to go recruit. And there, there's no um, no right timing for that. So. Is it, is it uh, fair to say that uh,
2: the LSU job drove the college football uh, salaries up all across the country? I mean, you look at Penn State, oh, yeah. you look at uh, Michigan State, you look at uh, Baylor, um, uh, you look at uh, Brian Kelly, obviously, you look at Lincoln Riley. I mean, they drove salaries through the roof just being open.
1: Do you know who just else is happy? Open. Do you know who else is happy this morning? Who's that? Nick Saban, because he has in his contract that he has to be the highest paid coach in the NCAA. So he he's getting he's getting raises just by by other chilling, yeah, by yeah. other people. So, I mean he he is, uh, uh, yeah. I mean they reset the they reset the market. Uh, the price the the price for uh, admission has gone up again, yeah. and I don't I mean. Look, with all the TV revenue, and they're talking about going to the 12-team playoff, which is going to bring in more revenue, this isn't slowing down. Because here's what's happening. I think a lot of people are confused about um, ticket sales driving, you know, revenue. That's 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 old thinking, okay? Yeah. What's driving revenue right now is TV, okay, and Correct. streaming services and all this stuff that's going on right now. Schools are getting more money with TV deals than they are ticket sales. Right. The schools aren't asking this. I mean, the – the football team
2: and the athletic department, they're not asking the school for any money. No. Yeah. They're self-sufficient. Yeah, you know, and, 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 yeah, yeah. they Yeah, there's nothing that, that the school provides to the athletic department from a financial standpoint. In the and big schools. At the big schools, yes, at the big no. schools. And, and what you need to realize is not only is that football team um, paying for all of its expenses. The football team is expected to pay for the entire athletic department's expenses. The revenue that's made by football is used to pay for every other sport, all the Olympic sports, okay, all the administrators. Football drives the entire athletic department's budget. And so that's where they want to invest because that is the only moneymaker. There's only a handful of basketball schools that even make money. Some of the best basketball schools in the country only break even. And so football is the school that is where they're investing money because it's the one that's making money. You know, another thing, too, is if the money's not in the budget, then they just asked a booster to give it to them. You know, they, they get it. It's like the money's in a bank. It's just sitting in a boosters bank, you know. And so there's always money. Just like, you know, when they said they needed the, um, the salary reductions last year for 2020. That was a scam. You know, that was a scam. Because if they needed the money, they would just ask a booster for the money,
1: you know. Yeah. Well, the other thing is, and, and we'll move on. I did see a report out this morning. Look, uh, Harbaugh took, has taken all of his bonus money. You know yeah. he reduced his salary last year. He's taking every bit of his bonus money, which is a lot, like a lot, because he was he basically restructured his contract for incentive based, and he's distributing it to the athletic department to pay the people who took salary cuts to give them their money back. How awesome is that? Yeah, that's incredible. Like, that's, that's incredible. Awesome. Yeah, and I, we talked about earlier in another podcast, I think before you even came on about. Uh, I don't know the guy. I've met him a couple times, but his generosity is uh, is well-known, so good for him. All right, we'll talk about their game here in a minute. Uh, Notre Dame, uh, we'll talk about that real briefly, and we'll move on. Um, you and I have talked, and I think we both agree. Luke Fickle is probably going to be the guy here um, if they're willing to wait. Yeah. Um. This is a job that he wants. These are like two jobs. There's a reason he didn't go to USC. Right. Um, and he, and here's the thing is everybody's like well he needs to wait. I can tell you this. If he's only going to leave for two jobs and there's literally two places you're going to leave for and that's Ohio State and Notre Dame and one of them comes open because they don't come there's open. no time to often. wait. There's no, no time there's no wait. time to wait. And you're like you said you got to strike while the iron's hot. And his iron is as hot as it's going to get. Correct. I mean, he is at the peak of his value. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um I would be almost if Notre Dame and everybody and everybody's you know uh, Marcus Freeman Great candidate. Great candidate. But what I think is going to happen is Luke Fickle is going to go to Notre Dame and Marcus Freeman is going to get the Cincinnati job. So I think they're I going to swap. But I
0: agree with that.
1: it's all going to be on the, does the Notre Dame administration, you know, because they're going, he's going to coach this weekend, and then do you let him coach in the playoff, he's going to want to do that. Um, I don't know, man. But they need to – whatever happens, Luke Fickle should be at Notre Dame, barring that two people can't be reasonable. Correct. So – um, OU, um, this is what I've heard, and again, you're, you're Mr. Oklahoma, so you can probably fill me in if you've heard different. Uh, but um, Venables seems to be the hot candidate name right now, um, bringing in uh, – Ole Miss fans are not going to like this, but bringing in Jeff Levy as the offensive coordinator. That's all. That's what I've heard. Nothing from anybody that should – this is just word in the coach's circle.
2: I haven't heard anything. I just, you know, I'm like a fan on this one. I just read You're what I see on the internet. Okay. Yes, I just read what I see on the internet, so I can't really provide any information. So
1: Yeah, that was just that was floating in coaching circles yesterday, so.
2: I did read where a bunch of the former OU players are in support of Brent, because you know he was there for so
1: long, obviously. Yeah, I don't have any kind of inside scoop either. Like I said, I was just coming from a coach's circle. No. Um, then, uh, but we're still going back to net zero. You know what I mean? We're going from, we're going from every time. I, like now, Notre Dame's open. Now you got Notre Dame, Oklahoma. Well, who's going right. to take those jobs? If they so, sooner or later coordinators are going to have to be hired, or we're just going to keep doing this thing over and over again. So. Well, you know it's crazy
2: because these are all destination jobs, and usually a destination job nobody leaves. You know, once you get a destination job, you don't leave your destination job for another destination job. Yeah, and it's happened, and it's happened twice in this cycle. In the you know, same the cycle. OU, yeah, OU's a destination job,
1: and so is Notre Dame, and we've seen coaches leave, which is very unusual. Yeah, it's insane. Um, nothing neutral. to. I, I will say this because I know we got some. Uh, Ole Miss fans that listen, uh, I've been told yesterday, last night, that uh, Miami is going to try to get an AD in place in the next 24 to 72 hours. So that would put it Wednesday to Thursday and then try to make a decision what they're going to do. I do know that Manny Diaz is even telling recruits that he doesn't know what's going to occur, you know, what the future holds. Probably not a good sign that, Rhett Lashley took a head job. I mean, which Rhett Lashley deserves a head job and has been interviewing for a while. So I'm glad he got a shot at SMU. Um, which Sonny Dykes went to TCU, which we talked about many weeks ago. Was no shock there. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens with Miami uh, over the next week. I would say you would know. I think you'll know a week from today. I think you'll kind of know what's going on there. Um, <clears throat> and then we can't we can't move on, okay, without shooting out a huge Congratulations to our good friend Richard Rodriguez getting the, getting the Jacksonville State job. I am fired up. Uh, I told I told Raquel this morning that you know that's my hometown. That's where I'm from. So I'm gonna I'll be able to go home and and, and check in on uh, Pablo there in, in Jacksonville and then I, but the, here's the most important thing. DJ is I'm gonna get him on the golf course and now that's on my it's on my turf. So I know all the breaks. I know I know where the rough spots on the fairways are, so I'm going to be on the home on my home field. So I'll be able to get him in golf this time. So we're excited about that. But really, big congratulations! I'm excited for him. I think he's going to do great there. Um, good stuff. So congratulations. Right, anything else on the crazy coaching carousel before we move on? No, I think we've covered it. We covered it. It's, it's just it's going to get crazy. I mean, it just is what it is. I mean. And I don't think – I will say this before we do move on. One more thing is I don't think anybody's telling anybody lies because it goes crazy. I know we said this last week. But it's just what the information is at that point, and things change so fast. And so um, just don't get mad at people when they tell you this is what's happening and it doesn't happen because that's how fast things change. All right, moving on, let's talk about the week that just happened. We'll start off with Ohio State and Michigan. Uh, Were you surprised?
2: I was, especially after the way Ohio State beat Michigan State and considering Michigan State beat Michigan and considering Michigan hasn't beaten Ohio State in forever.
1: It was like eight I years. I was
2: really – yeah, I was really surprised.
1: They they were juiced at home, okay? They were fired mm-hmm. up. And they at the end of the day, they dominated the game up front on both sides of the ball. Mm-hmm. And we talked about on here before, when you're an underdog and you want a chance to win the game, if you dominate the line of scrimmage – as an underdog, you're going to have more than your fair share to win the game. And they did. They on both sides of the ball. And, I mean, Ohio State, I will say this, Ohio State's a good football team, man. And they're um, those receivers are <laughs> – they don't get enough credit. That's one of the best collective groups of receivers I've seen in a long time, man. Those guys can play. And you look at whoever <laughs> – the best player at Alabama, okay, Currently, the best football player everybody says Bryce Young, but the receiver Williams, he actually left that room to go to transfer to Alabama because he wasn't getting enough touches. How About that, and I mean they're they're really good, so. Um, I don't know who's evaluating the receivers at Ohio State, but those that I be good. Okay? <laughs> yes. I don't, whoever you yes. are, I don't know if it's the receivers coach, I don't know if it's the yeah. uh, general manager. Ryan Day or whoever. Wh- yeah. Whoever you are, you are my hero because you know what you're, you're hit, doing. You're hitting on them. Your, your hit rate is very, very good. <laughs> yes. Um, because people don't realize it's just because you're a four-star or five-star receiver doesn't mean you're going to be a freak show. Those guys fall off a no. the tree. They're, they're a dime a dozen. Okay, right. and, and they hit on every one of them and then some. Some of them are even leaving and they still hitting, so good for them. Right. Um, but, yeah, dominated up front. Uh, really sh- shook things up a little bit, so we'll talk about that here in a minute when we talk about the playoffs. Definitely. And Auburn and Alabama. It flipped. What's that?
2: That Michigan-Ohio State uh, flipped the playoff in one game, and we one said game. it could, and we it said, did. It flipped it. it.
1: did, and it's fisting to flip some more this weekend, I think, so we'll talk about that here shortly, but Uh, Auburn-Alabama game, okay, it's a rivalry that I grew up watching, um, the, was a little bit surprised, just to be honest, uh, that how dominant, I, I knew Alabama was not as good as they've been in the past up front offensively, um. But man, they got exposed. Did you watch? Were you able to watch in that game? I watched it. Yeah, I watched. I wasn't able to watch the whole game
2: because I was at the Oklahoma State Oklahoma game.
1: You know what killed me is is, and I, I don't it just blew my mind. Is so the right tackle of Alabama. Okay, I don't even know the guy's name. Okay, he's going up against the TD Moultrie kid. When TD Moultrie is really was as recruited was more of an inside guy, like a four eye and a three four body when you when he ended coming out of high school. And he, he's got – you know, he's a bull rusher and he's got a spin move. That's basically what he's got. Okay. But this the right tackle at Alabama just kept setting way off the ball. I'm talking about way off. Snap after snap after snap after snap. I mean, he's he's almost going like air raid back, you know, bicycle kick. I mean, he's going right. way back. And you're just giving a guy that's a bull rusher in a spin move, he's probably just licking his chops like, really? You know, that's what you're – I mean – You just put yourself at a massive disadvantage from a technique standpoint, from an offensive line play. If you got a guy that's a bull rusher and a a guy that's that's a big spin move guy, you want to quick set that guy, okay? Yes. You want to take that. You want to quick set him, and and on his inside half where he can't spin, okay? And then you want, and also you don't give him enough because when you you don't give him enough leverage to you can anchor better when you quick set. Okay, because when you're you're going backwards, you can't anchor very well. And he was just – I mean, this guy was back there when the drop – I mean, the right tackle was back there next to the quarterback before he even made contact. So any bull rush at all, you know, it's going to – you know, you saw uh, Bryce Young have to step up in the pocket a ton and escape to his right. Well, it's because the freaking tackle's nine yards deep with a defensive end. Yeah. Um they he never changed it up. That's the same draw, it's the same move he made off the offensive t- right tackles. The same thing he did all night and he got a little gun shy cuz he gave up some pressures and and I was shocked how well that Auburn's defensive line dominated that game. They did. Now, on the other side of the ball It was just the other way, but I was shocked, to be honest with you. So, yeah. what was your takeaway it, it, from that game?
2: You know, I I knew it was going to be a tight game because it's it's a rivalry game. We talked about this last week, and, and no matter what the the favorite team is, the other team's going to show up and play, okay? And they can't help themselves but crank it up another notch. And I think that Auburn, um, you know, came out with a chip on their shoulder. I think their kids were fired up. I think that um, uh, they felt like they had a lot to prove, and they played that way. Now, in Nick Saban's um, – uh, credit to Nick Saban because they found a way to win. They really did. I think that Auburn should have gone for two at the end of the game. Oh. I, I think that was a mistake because Agreed. when you get in that, I think when you get in that situation, people will appreciate that because it shows a, a, aggression. You know, I think when when you don't go for two in that situation, it, it shows the, the passiveness. And um, if you don't get it, you know, you know, people people still still think he made the right call, you know, even in the Ole Miss-Arkansas game. You know, the going for two, there was nobody that questioned him going for two. Now, some people questioned the play that he ran to go for two, but nobody questioned the fact that he went for two, and I think Auburn should have done the same thing.
1: Yeah, my, my whole deal was, is, all right, your quarterback's hurt, and you don't have any more. I mean, he was, he, yeah. he was not mobile. Um, you found a way to score in overtime, okay? You found a way to, you know, you're getting the ball. And the longer that game went, the wor- that's the thing is when you're in my opinion from a coaching perspective if you're the underdog okay and if you're the underdog and in in this situation you're a huge underdog okay you're right. playing arguably the second best and we'll talk about that you know one of the top teams in the country okay and they're and they're your rival and you have a chance to to basically end their season right there and you got one play from the three yard line to do it or two yard line whatever it is now Right. If you got one play to do it? You got to take that shot, man.
2: I like those odds. One play to get 3 yards. I like those odds yeah. if I'm on offense.
1: I do too. And and it's the first overtime. And so you got a chance yeah. to bring out your best two-point play, the one that you've been working on all week. Right. And probably more than this week, a play that you've been carrying for weeks. Correct. And me. you've only you haven't shown it.
2: The thing about two-point yeah. plays is you practice them, but it's not another play that you run. Correct. So the a lot of times it catches the defense off guard. You know, it's a sprint throwback, or it's a it's a motion to a rub route, or it's you know some type of pop pass or something. It's something that they haven't seen yet. And so even if they're better than you, you may be able to trick them.
1: Yeah, I was just I was shocked, but it is what it is. So, but what a game went four overtimes. And by the way, and I'm not going to go. I'm not spending all day today uh, on this topic. I am not. I don't know if you are. I'm just speaking on my behalf. I'm not not a fan of this new overtime two point stuff. Yeah, I think it's terrible.
2: Well, they're they're doing it to try to to
1: make those overtimes less. You know what I mean? So yeah, but I I, mean, I, I just I, I'm not a fan, man. <laughs> and here's the, here's the I mean I don't know I just I mean I'm just uh, I I I don't care I mean I mean I'm okay if you say. I'm I, I'm okay with the last overtime rules to where once you're getting – okay, you're going for two at the end of the – if you yeah. – you know, at the end of the second overtime. But this stuff sorts this stuff itself out. I mean, you're talking about a couple more plays. But here's the other thing is this annoying is – so you – it's like when you're watching on TV, it's like, okay, one play. Other team, you know, takes three minutes to get all their guys together before they start to the play clock. Okay, one play. If you go to another overtime – swapping ends of the field, now this team's up. I mean, it, it, you see like two plays in a 10-minute p- stretch. It's the most boring thing. It's, it's not fun to watch. And then everything comes down to one <laughs> to three yards. I mean, I just think – I think when you've played that hard, okay, and you've played that long to say, hey, guys, we're going to have a three – I mean, it's like having a, a putt. It's like if the Masters comes down and, and you have a putt off from five feet. I mean, yep. it's like, what are we doing? So, but anyway. It's kind of well, um, it's like the shootout in soccer. That's what yeah. it's like, the shootout in soccer. Maybe they should have a field goal kickoff to make it even worse. <laughs> piss the fans off worse. <laughs> All right. So, uh, yeah, Auburn, Alabama. The next one we move to is uh, North Carolina, North Carolina State. Okay. Did you see the game? No, I didn't see oh, that's it, the one you, about it. Yeah, you, I was yep. texting That's right. Yep. One of the most underrated games of the weekend. Yeah. Um. I've been there, so I feel bad uh, for North Carolina. So North Carolina has a nine-point lead with a minute and a half to go in the game. Okay, they sk- they kick a field goal, and make it a nine-point game. They kick off. All right, the very it may be the first is either the first play or the second play. I don't know. They're out there just playing regular defense, man, knowing that NC State's got to – They didn't do what we've talked about as like you know you got to let them run, milk some clock a little bit or whatever coach they're playing cover 6. All right. They're playing cover 6. And they run they had two to the boundary so so for the listeners I'm sitting here talking to you like me and you were talking. All right. So cover 6 is quarter quarter halves, okay? So it usually means you're playing cover 4 to the field and cover 2 to the boundary.
2: Yeah.
1: Okay. Well, NC State had two receivers to the boundary. So they're playing two to that side. Well, the number the inside receiver runs a dig and the safety just jumps all over it. Okay, like it's man coverage. I mean, just jumps it, and the corner is playing cover two, so he's he's sinking, and the dude just runs right down the sideline, and they hit it for like seventy yards for a touchdown. And I'm like, so the safety
2: had a missed assignment.
1: Safety busted. Okay. Yeah. And bless his heart. He should have played over the top of one. I don't know his name, but he's number nine. He had a rough last minute and a half. Okay. Yeah. So they uh, they go and they kick the onside kick and get it. Okay, they're out of timeouts. I mean, this is game's over with. They get the onside kick, and then they drive down the field again. And they're playing two to the boundary again. And they throw one DJ on like before they scored, and they're just giving free access throws to the hole shot down by the goal line. And they're they're this the safety is like rallying over the top, trying to knock it loose. I'm like, what are we doing? They're they're giving easy hole shots to get them moving down the field. And then at the very end, they throw the the fade. Same kind of deal, same safety, and he just didn't make the play. He was there. He just didn't make the play. And that that poor kid, man, had a rough minute and a half. And it was uh, heartbreaking if you're a North Carolina fan. But, I mean, good if you're a NC State fan, but it is what it is. Uh, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, uh, quickly. um, So, you you were there, correct? I was there, yep. You were in the middle of it. I was at it, man. I was in the uh, middle of it, yep. Great game. Um. Probably shouldn't been as close as it was if it wasn't miscused on special teams by uh, Oklahoma State with a muff punt, but they got it back. I guess technically got it back, but correct. Um, people are going to be misconstrued about this game if you didn't watch it. Uh, Oklahoma did not score a point in the second half offensively. No, and, they did, uh, and they got it. And they got after him. And I, I was. They're fun. Oklahoma State's a fun thing to watch. So
2: there were a lot of um, points for Oklahoma scored off of uh, turnovers and special teams. But you know what? It went the other way, too. because yeah, Oklahoma State o- Oklahoma State ran a kickoff back for a touchdown. They scored a touchdown off a muff punt. You know, the first half of the game, Oklahoma State was really in control of the game. And with less than a minute left in the half, Oklahoma State is up 24-17, and they throw a pick six. And so the half goes in tied at 24-all. With less than a minute left in the half. Talk about a a change of momentum. Yep. You know? And then they start the second half. Okay? How about this? They start the second half, and they get a safety. Oklahoma gets a safety on Oklahoma State. Okay? Then they kick it off. Oklahoma's pinned deep again. I mean, Oklahoma State's pinned deep again. And they fumble the handoff, and Oklahoma Oklahoma recovers it and scores a touchdown. So, with – The last minute of the first half and the first two minutes of the second half, Oklahoma had scored, what is it? Uh, nine plus seven, they scored 16 points. They scored 16 points in about three minutes and, and the game was becoming, um, lopsided, not because of the play on the field, but because of situation.
1: Yep. Yeah, it was, uh, Oklahoma
2: state came back and won the game.
1: Yeah, it was a, it was a good game. Um, and I'd have been interested to see if Oklahoma won. What, how different would the coaching carousel be today if Oklahoma had won the game?
2: You know, because it does affect you. I mean, you wake up Sunday morning after a tough loss, and you are emotional. I can tell you that as a coach. Correct. So, you know, and I will tell you this, too. Oklahoma State, another point about that game is they had to make two stops. The last two drives, they had to have stops. You know, they only won by four. Was it four that they won by? Yeah. And uh, – and, um, uh, within the last two minutes, Oklahoma had two drives.
1: Yeah, it was and they four because I had them at four and a half, which would just, yep. you know, it was, yep. it
2: was, so really, they, it was great they, for my day. Oklahoma had two drives, and, of course, in those last two drives, they went for it on fourth down on both of them, and Oklahoma State had to stop them twice, had to stop them twice within the last two minutes of the game because Oklahoma had all three timeouts. So they stopped them once, timeout, 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 okay, had to kick it back to them with another minute, and then they had to stop them again. It was really good defense by them.
1: Yeah, they and the uh, freshman, I don't know his name, but the freshman uh, outside backer, DN. he's got a motor, man. He can go. Colin motor. Oliver. He's from yeah. my hometown. He's really? He's from Edmond. He's, yeah, he's from my hometown. He's a good player. Yeah, he's a baller. I enjoyed watching yeah. him. So, All right, the last one we're going to get to before we're going to move on is the Egg Bowl, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, that happened last Thursday, Thanksgiving night. And there's really not much to say about this one, except it's exactly what happened, what we said was going to happen. It came down to who executed in the red zone and who didn't. Uh, It was basically everybody moving between the 20s and whoever scored points. But here's the most important takeaway from that game is Ole Miss physically dominated the game. On both sides of the ball, I mean, on the perimeter, everywhere else, they they out-physicaled Mississippi State and won the game and really dominated it. It wasn't even – I was a little little surprised that they that uh, state didn't do better in the passing you know in the passing game, but they moved it between the 20s. Just couldn't get anything done in the red zone. Had to kick field goals, miss field goals, all that stuff. And at the end of the day, the biggest momentum swing. Do I think it would have affected the outcome of the game? the Overall outcome, no. Uh, would have made the game closer. Yes is. Right at the end of the first half, I believe it was. Now it's been Thursday. I've had a lot go on since then. But Mississippi State dropped three touchdown passes out of four plays. I uh, remember that, yeah. And then on the fourth play, they missed the field goal. So that goal to goal series right before the half, I think it was, is really took all the momentum. I'm telling you, it dropped wide open. I mean, it wasn't like And they was, had an
2: incredible drive to get down there. Yeah. They, they had moved the ball dri- between the 20s. They just yes, couldn't execute yes. in the red
1: zones. Right. Um. But, yeah, I was like, I mean, it is. And and, and to your
2: point, it's not like they didn't have good plays called. They just didn't execute them.
1: Yeah, there's nothing. I mean, there's not a whole lot you can do as a coach in that stand. I mean, they they had the right plan. Um, But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what your plan is, you have to go execute it and do right. So um, we're going to move on from there, DJ. We'll go straight into uh, playoff rankings. We'll be brief because I guess these are the last ones uh we won't even by next week when we when we go next week we'll already know who's playing in the bowl game. So your last ranking going into the championship week, who you got?
2: Georgia, Michigan, yep. Alabama, Cincinnati, Oklahoma State, Notre Dame.
1: All right. I have Georgia, Michigan, Alabama. So our first three are the same. Okay. I'm going Oklahoma State 4. And it's not any reason. I just, you know, I'm not putting Notre Dame and Cincinnati in there. So, um, <laughs> five, I'm going Ohio State as a first two loss team at five, and then I'm going to go. I'm leaving Ole Miss at six. So, okay. I'm just not. I'm not putting. I'm not putting. Uh, not put them in there. Here's the thing. I got to ask you a question. Okay, and we're, and we're going okay. we're, before we get the championship game and game picks. Does. I honestly believe we're going to have enough carnage this weekend that there's going to be some of these, these five and six teams get bumped up, okay? I think when the, when the uh, college football playoff committee meets, I'm going to be extremely interested to see what they do with Notre Dame. Because Notre Dame, to be honest with you, I don't see a way they're not in normally. But does right. Brian Kelly leaving going to LSU affect the college football playoff committee's ranking of Notre Dame?
2: That's a good point. It'll be interesting to see. You know, I think that there's going to be a lot of carnage this week. And in my opinion, Oklahoma State for me at five and Cincinnati at four, if they both win, Oklahoma State's going to jump them, in my opinion. I, I, I think that. Uh, Cincinnati has a has a tough game ahead of them, okay. No doubt they're playing Houston, but if Oklahoma State beats Oklahoma and Baylor, okay, two highly ranked teams. I mean, Oklahoma was a top ten team on Saturday, and then Baylor was Baylor at eleven or twelve. What are they at right now?
1: Uh, I think they were up
2: there. I thought they were ahead of yes.
1: Thought they were ahead of Ole
2: Miss in the poll. Yeah, so I think that. that uh, if Oklahoma State being top a top ten team and then they be, turn around and beat another highly ranked team, regardless if Cincinnati wins, Oklahoma State's going to jump them.
1: Yeah. So the, if Alabama loses, so Cincinnati in my, to for the you know even though I'm not putting them in there. So if Cincinnati wins, Oklahoma State uh-huh. wins, and Alabama loses, does Cincinnati yes. get in?
2: I think they will, although I think Alabama's a better team. I think that the committee will still put Cincinnati in undefeated. You're talking about if Cincinnati wins or if they lose? No, they, they have they to win.
1: win. I mean, if they are yes, lose, correct. Yes. they will play. Right,
2: so no doubt. So if uh, Cincinnati wins and Alabama loses, I think that they'll have Cincinnati in there. Yeah. Even though I personally think Alabama's a better team than Cincinnati. Yes.
1: All right, so we'll move on to – uh, cause that's gonna be brief because that all that doesn't even matter because it's, it's gonna get decided this weekend right all right Dj so here we go we are going for the fans we're going make we'll we'll make this <laughs> some of these are gonna be brief we decided we're gonna do all the championship games we'll just go head to head here okay I'll give you the game and the line we'll talk about it we'll start off Friday night six o'clock CBS sports Network you got the Western Kentucky hilltoppers going on I' – Going Go to UTSA, which is your boys, okay? Western Kentucky is favored, minus one. Go ahead. I'm taking i U- I'm taking
2: UTSA in this game. I mean, UTSA had their loss, so now they are, um, you know, motivated. You know, they they uh, they want to win this championship, and finish this season outright. I know that Western Kentucky has one of the top offenses in the country, and I know they're tough to defend. But I'm I'm going with uh, the Roadrunners.
1: I am taking the Western Kentucky Hilltoppers on the road. Uh minus You nine. know what?
2: Can we just talk about how interesting the mascots are in this game? It's the Hilltoppers <laughs> the, versus the Roadrunners.
1: <laughs> yes. I've seen the Hilltoppers. I I have it's a it looks like the it looks like a it looks like Barney, a red Barney. That's what it looks like. <laughs> Um, look, my man and – and this is why I'm taking Western Kentucky. My man Bailey Zappi, I've been talking about this guy forever. This guy is a baller. Like, I think he's going to play in the NFL. Like he's the quarterback that nobody's talking about. Um, mm-hmm. Can flat play the game. And Western Kentucky – I mean, here's the thing. Western. A lot of people don't realize this. Western Kentucky start off the season like one and four, and they've won seven straight. And the thing that's changed, and their last loss was to, they played UTSA and lost, I think, like 52 46 or something. This was a shootout last time they played. But the difference is, since that game, uh, Western Kentucky's defense has been playing better. Um, but they've scored 53, 52, 42, 48, 45 the last couple of games. So they're on fire. Um, I'm just, I'm taking a shot. I got to catch you somehow or another, right? So I'm taking, <laughs> I'm taking the Western Kentucky Hilltoppers. All right, game number two, the rematch from two weeks ago that nobody's – it's been quiet, nobody's talking about it, is the Oregon Ducks playing Utah. This time it's in Las Vegas. So in the Pac-12 championship game, Friday night, 7 o'clock on ABC, Utah is favored by three. Utah minus three, who you got?
2: I got Oregon. I think it's hard to beat a team twice. They don't have the home field advantage. Um, Oregon's going to be – wanting redemption bad you know when you play a team twice the hard thing is is the team that won you watch the video and you say man well why would we change anything it worked right so it's hard for you to make yourself do something different and if you're the team that lost you say you know we got to do something different so usually what happens is the team that won comes out and does the same thing and the team that lost comes out and does something different and they catch them by surprise And I think uh, that's what's going to happen in this game. They have a neutral site. I'm going with the Oregon Ducks.
1: Well, I'm not going to catch you in this game because I'm also taking the Oregon Ducks plus three. I think that uh, I'm with you on exactly what you said. I think they're going to be pissed off uh, with a point to prove. Um, I got them. I got Oregon plus three in Vegas. All right, Saturday morning, the DJ Elliott special, 11 o'clock, the Big 12 championship game. Baylor, it's in Jerry's world, right? It is. Baylor and Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State is favored by five and a half. Who you got?
2: Um, I'm taking Oklahoma State, although I will say this is going to be a defensive battle. These are two of the top defenses, um, not only in the league but in the country, and um, it's going to be fun to watch for me because I'm a defensive guy. But I do think that Oklahoma State's going to win this game, and they're going to win it by more than five and a half.
1: Uh, I believe Oklahoma State won the regular season matchup by ten, if I'm not mistaken. There, correct. Um, And it was Mm -hmm. in Stillwater. Correct. It was. I'm taking uh, Baylor plus five and a half. I'm with you. I I don't. I think Oklahoma State wins the game. I just think it's a field goal kind of game. Game even make. I mean, it's gonna be close. Uh, defensive battle, I'm t- and that's the only reason I'm taking. Them. I do think Oklahoma State wins the game. I'm taking a shot here. I'm gambling, and with my record currently and how I played last week, you shouldn't listen to me anyway. If you're listening to me, then you're then you got problems. Some guy, I got I got trolled on Twitter yesterday. It was awesome, um, and I deserved it. I did. I, I deserve every bit of it. So whatever. But I'm taking. I think it's going to be a close scoring game when they and it's going to be a low scoring game. What's the as a matter of fact? I may just flip the script on you right here. What we got? 46-and-a-half. I'm not touching that one. That's scary. I'm taking uh, Baylor plus five-and-a-half in a game that's probably going to be decided by a field goal. All right, The next game, Mountain West Championship game. I don't think we're going to be different on this one. Mountain West Championship game, Utah State playing San Diego State, who's playing really well right now. Who you got? San Diego State? I got San Diego
2: State. State. San Diego State is, I mean, they're a team to be reckoning with, man. They can play ball. I'm going with San Diego State and points.
1: Yeah, I'm going San Diego State minus five, too. I think uh, Blake Anderson at Utah State, I think they've done a phenomenal job this year, um, and he's a big-time ball coach. They're nine and three going the game. But San Diego State, got a chance to watch them. They they got things rolling, man. They're, they're a good football team. I like them. I'm taking San Diego State minus five and a half with you, uh, which means probably Utah State's going to win because I did that. All right, so the big one, Georgia versus Alabama SEC championship three o'clock Atlanta, Georgia. Georgia is favored by six and a half, DJ. What you got, man? I'm going Alabama.
2: And the reason I'm going Alabama is because I think six and a half is too big a spread. So I'm taking the points. I think Georgia's still gonna win the game. I don't think they're gonna win it
1: by six and a half. Well you just made that one easy on me. You just gave me a gift. Thank you. Is it Christmas time already? Look, man, I, I love my Crimson Tide, man. You know I do. Yep. This game, like, it's going to get ugly, I really do think. So, as far as I don't think – you think Alabama struggled up front this past Saturday? And they've been struggling up front for a couple weeks now. This has been going on for about four weeks. Alabama hasn't – and it's just been just the offensive line play. And they get now the left tackle, Neil, he can play. But Georgia, this they've been waiting on this one, dude. I mean, we can just call it like it is. Georgia has been waiting on this moment for a long time. They are going to be motivated. They smell blood in the water. Um, I got Georgia. I, but here's where I'm going. I think Georgia's going to win the game. But I'm not going with spread on you. I've already decided what I'm doing on this one, I think which I think is the winning bet. And it will be my lock for the week. I'm taking the under. At 51 in this game, because let me tell you what Alabama can do—they can stop the run, okay—and yeah. they can match up outside. Even though Pickens is back and he tried to play a little bit last week for Georgia, like he's not back back. I think I, lo- I love the under in this game, but I think uh, at 51, I think Georgia wins the game, and I think it's it's because of the Alabama's going to struggle moving the ball. I don't think anybody gets—I mean, 24 is probably the max anybody gets to. And so if they can't get past that, then I like the under at 50 and a half. All right, your favorite game, I think, of the week. We're all excited about watching. Also at 3 o'clock, I'm going to be doing – I'm going to have to have the screens going on at 3 o'clock. 3 o'clock, Cincinnati and Houston. Cincinnati's favored by 10 and a half. Who you got?
2: I got Houston. I think Houston's going to keep this game within 10.
1: I'm going with my Doug – fighting Doug Belks and the Houston Cougs. (laughs) Doug's my guy. I love him to death. He's got them playing. Um, I'm taking Houston plus ten and a half. I'm with you. Even if Cincinnati wins, I don't see it getting – I mean, getting past that. Um, I don't know about – the only thing I don't know about Houston is the last game, you know, the running back got hurt. Freshman running back that's so good. I don't know how their health status is, but defensively they're they're rolling, man. Um, I love – I'm excited to see – uh, Cincinnati's offense line versus uh, Houston's D-line, because I think that's going to be a good matchup. I'm excited, because they've been able to get pressure with four, which we've talked about all year long. Can they continue to do that? Uh, I'm also taking Houston plus 10-and-a-half. All right, last two games we got here. Michigan, Big Ten championship game. That's in Indianapolis, right? That's correct. Uh, against Iowa, Michigan is favored by 10-and-a-half. Who you got?
2: I'm taking Michigan. Okay. I think they're going to win this game by more than 10 and a half.
1: Yeah, I, I see this being um, a blowout. I think it's a bad matchup for Iowa. Um, yeah. I think Michigan's going to do enough on offense to score points. Um, and I think Iowa's going to struggle to score points. I take. I think Michigan blows them out. I think this is a 21-point game. Um, I like Michigan also, minus 10 and a half. And the last game of the evening, bringing up at 7 o'clock as well. The most Nobody's I bet I bet half of America couldn't tell you who's playing an ACC championship game. I know, it's crazy, isn't it? We got the number 17th ranked Pittsburgh versus Wake Forest, 18th ranked Wake Forest. Pitt is favored by three. What you got?
2: I'm taking Pitt. I think uh I think Kenny Pickett's is a tough player, and I think Pitt's rolling. I'm gonna go with them.
1: Um, I am as well. I'm taking Pitt minus three. Really like this game from a betting's perspective. Uh, not that it matters because of my record, uh, but I think Pitt's defense is just a little bit better than what. It's an evenly matched game on offense. I think both offenses can roll, but I think Pitt's defense is just a little bit better than Wake Forest's defense. So I see it being a shootout, um, high scoring game. The over under, I think 72. Probably won't touch that. It's a little high, but I'm still taking Pitt minus three on that. All right. So we before we wrap it up. And we're closing it up. Um, what do you think? Let's let's talk carnage. Okay. What do you see happening this week? All right, so does Alabama so you does Alabama lose to Georgia? I know you said they cover. Do they lose to Georgia or do they beat Georgia? Alabama loses to Georgia. Okay, so that makes Alabama's now a two lost team. Okay, so yes. that would leave you um Georgia. That would leave you and you think Michigan's gonna win, and then we think it's gonna be a blowout. So we think Correct. Georgia's in. We think Michigan is in. Correct. Correct. All right. So let's talk Houston Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. What do you think realistically the possibilities of Houston beating Cincinnati are?
2: I think it's a real possibility. I do too. I think. I think this is the toughest team that they have played all season, including Notre Dame. Um, Houston hasn't lost a game since the first game of the year. They're playing really good on defense. They have an electric offense. I think this is going to be the first real test uh, for Cincinnati.
1: You know the only thing I don't like about the American I never have the conference is that they play at the, you know, they play at home sites instead of playing a neutral site. It's one of the few games, and maybe the only game, played this week in championship that's played well UTSA, the um, Conference USA as well, but I don't like playing on the home sites. I wish they'd pick, pick somewhere.
2: Well, they do that for ticket sales
1: because yeah, I mean, I'm, I mean you teams
2: and teams in those yeah. leagues, their fans aren't going to travel. So you got a better chance to have your ticket sales up if you play one of them at home.
1: Yeah, I uh, I get you. I mean, I, I get that. The um, so let's say Cincinnati. Let's say they lose. Okay, let's say they lose. So now you got Alabama out. So you got Cincinnati out. Oklahoma State wins, they're in, correct? Correct. Then we both feel they'll win the game, correct? Mm-hmm. All right, so that puts you with Michigan, Oklahoma State, and Georgia. Who's your fourth team?
2: Notre Dame. Without a coach? Without a coach. I, I personally think that Alabama is one of the top four teams in the country, but I do not see the committee putting a two-loss team Alabama in over a one loss Notre Dame team. Even, we're without talking a coach. Not- even without a coach, even without a coach, you know, I remember the com- who's the head of the committee, the guy from Iowa, right? The athletic director from Iowa. When the first selection came out, he said, we do not look into the future. We judge based on what the team has done at this point. We do not rank teams based on the future. And if that's their philosophy, then they're going to put Notre Dame ahead of Alabama.
1: That's why, we was, that's why I was bringing all that up. Like, I, I don't know. Well, here's the other thing. So Cincinnati, I mean, Notre Dame loses to Cincinnati, right? If Houston beats Cincinnati, that's not going to help their cause. That's going to hurt their cause.
2: It is going to, it is going to hurt their cause. I agree with that. But we're talking a one-loss Notre Dame team. One loss Notre Dame team uh, against a two loss Alabama team.
1: Or, oh, but not I'm talking not even about, saying Alabama. What if it, you know, who else I think deserves it is a two loss Ohio State team.
2: Yeah, but I mean, we're not talking like, uh, like, a, this isn't a one loss UTSA. We're talking about Notre Dame. You know, I just, I, I find it hard to believe that the committee is going to say that a two loss. Ohio State and a two-loss Alabama is more deserving than a one-loss Notre Dame who played a Power Five schedule. I mean, allegedly. You, well, they played a Power Five schedule. <laughs> it wasn't their fault. It wasn't their mean. fault. It wasn't their fault that those teams didn't play up to their standard they usually do. I mean, they had Florida State and USC on their schedule, and I mean, who would have known those teams are going to be terrible? No, I wouldn't. You know, they, I know. I, I'm just telling you. I don't. I don't see the committee putting a two-loss Alabama or a two-loss Ohio State in the playoff
1: over a one-loss Notre Dame team. Yeah, well I like selfishly, I hope this whole thing blows up. I want the whole thing to blow up. I want every underdog to win and just create chaos to where I want for whatever reason, I want I would I would really prefer Houston to win the game so we don't have to hear about it. Um I would like the committee to say they don't have a coach. We're not putting them in. I want to see a two-loss team in. They won't do
2: that to the players. The committee won't punish the players because of what the coach did.
1: I know. But you may tell you why I want to do it, though, because I think if we can get a two-loss team somehow, some way, if we can get a two-loss team into the playoff, then we're going to also get the college football playoff is going to be expanded quicker. Yes. So,
2: you know they've talked about going to twelve. So, what teams are in the top twelve? What teams would what 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 teams would Let's be significant here. in the top twelve? One thing that I would tell you is they said if they went to a twelve that there would be more group of five teams in there. That's not necessarily true. There's only one team in the group of five that's in the
0: top twelve.
1: And that's well. Cincinnati. See, I've never I don't know who came up with this twelve thing. Yeah. Um, no. But I mean, I've I've said this about playoffs. Yeah, I'm all about expanding it. But I'm always I want to go. Conference I don't understand chance. why we can't go – because you're not playing any more games. This is what people don't understand. They're like, well, if you go to 12 to 16 teams, okay, that just means you don't have buys for the first top four, okay? But the, the other teams would have to play the same amount of games. I think you should go to um, – you should still have a committee. I want to make sure that's clear. But you have your, your 10 conferences, right, and all of your – all of your championship teams get in, like the like in the when I was back in. They call it FCS now because we had to be politically correct, and everybody gets a trophy. Um, but we used to call it One AA, okay. But back in the One right. AA days, before they started expanding it to thousand teams, there were sixteen teams, okay. And all of the conference champions got an automatic bid, okay. So you would get you get five group of five teams in there, okay. Well, the other eleven teams are obviously going to be power five teams, right? So you get the power five champions, and so now you're looking at you basically get six automatic, you know, selections to get in there, and you have a sixteen team tournament. That way, everybody's happy. Okay, now, right. now would ULL would have to go play Georgia? Sure. Okay, would UTSA have to go play uh, Alabama? Sure. You know, but you're going to get. You can't tell me you can't pick after after you take the conference champions away that you couldn't find six quality teams. Okay, so that's basically assuring that the top ten is in. You know, in the playoff. One well,
2: one thing that would do too is that would that would create more of a following and more of a buzz for some of the lower level teams. Yeah, I mean, if your team, if you if you were a UTSA fan and you had the possibility of winning the national championship, then you're going to be more involved in, in supporting and rooting your team. I think, you know, you take away somebody's hope, you take away everything. If there's no hope of winning the national championship, then, you know, there's not as much excitement for you to be a fan of college football. If your team doesn't have a chance to win. I think that would help uh, get more fans involved if their team had a chance to win the national championship.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I do. And I think you're looking at – you would end up with – you would have Georgia would be in, Michigan would be in, Cincinnati would be in, Alabama would be in, probably isn't at large, Oklahoma State would be in, Notre Dame would be in, Ohio State would be in, Ole Miss would be in, Baylor would be in, Oregon would be in, and Michigan State or BYU would be in, depending on how that finished up. Yeah. 16 teams, man, and then you get – you have your group of five, you know, winners – Okay, so that puts ULL in. That puts San Diego State probably in. That puts, um, you know, and now you have a, and instead of now they want to get in and play, and that's the other thing is you want to get in and play with the big boys. Here you go. So you take your top right. four. That you know they're going you know, would send. And here's the thing is everybody's like, well, the group of five schools would just be forced to play the top four teams. Okay, you want in the playoff? Here you go. It's like don't, right. Like don't complain. You're you're in. You got your shot. And so. But Cincinnati, like this year, Cincinnati would be a higher seed. So they would end up playing. and That would be fun to watch, like, Cincinnati play ULL, okay, in the yeah. first-round matchup, you know, whatever it is. and or go, or go get Cincinnati would have to go, you know, all of a sudden. Now you're going to earn it. You know, you get four shots at it, and let's go get them. The,
2: the issue would be is how does that tie into the bowl games? Is each one of those it's, round what, a bowl
1: game? That's what this all is about. Okay, they can call it what they want to about the playoff. This whole thing is because of politics and the bowl games, period. That's what it's about. So, you know, when the bowl, you know, because the bowl games, I mean, that's a big business now. They call themselves nonprofit. All right, but it's a big business. People are getting paid. People with high political influence are getting paid. Okay, and running these bowl games, it's not, they're not doing it out of the kindness of their heart. They're getting paid. uh, Correct. With sponsorships. Now, at the end of the day, they, they donate all their money at the end of the day, but people are getting paid in the process. I mean, it's a business. Um, yeah. So, I, I think that, I mean, that's what it's all about at the end of the day. That's why the whole thing of a four-team playoff was a big deal. You know, they, they'll have the, you know, they'll have those, you know, those bowl games, those group of six bowl games. How, how many how many New Year's, how many bowl games is it New Year's what? Six. Oh. How many teams are they talking about putting in a playoff? 12. Oh, now, what, now why is that? How did they come up with 12, DJ? <laughs> now, well, now how, how did that happen? How did that. Like, people, like, and nobody talks about that. The media doesn't even understand it. Okay? Yeah. The reason that everybody's talking about a 12 team playoff is because the big bowl games, how many of them are there? There's are six. Oh, that's right. 12. How'd you get to the number 12? Why not 16? Oh, I got you. I yeah. mean, guys, it's just. You know, they're going, and that's why they said. Now, what did they? Here's the the kicker. What did they say, what did they say the first round was going to be? I I don't know. They want to do the first one on on home campuses, so those six would get their bowl games. But I I think that you can do the same thing. Okay, you can put them on campus until you get them down. If you wanted to keep it in the six, okay, you throw in the you throw in what's another access bowl? I'm trying to think of all the access bowls. Is Cotton Bowl is not access bowl anymore, is it? It is, is. it is. It um, is. Let's see. Like, you Get could the throw Fiesta, in the your Fiesta, you Cotton, up. Peach Bowl, Orange Bowl, um, Rose Bowl, and Sugar Bowl. Okay? Yeah. All right. But you could throw in the – I mean, throw in freaking two more bowl games. You know what I'm saying? Or whatever you got to do. Or just play at the home stadium and then do that in a later round. Throw in two more bowl games and then handle that on the um, next round. I think you can do that. Um, I don't know. I'm just – if they want to do it right, that's what they would do. But it's it's going to come down to the bowl games and all that mess. So, that's above my pay grade. So, <laughs> you got anything else to add before we – No, man, over. I'm good, man. Man, I'm excited. Appreciate you joining us today. Um, can't wait for – it's going to be a fun week. Coaching Carousel will keep pumping. Championship uh, Saturday is going to be fun to watch. And then we'll have all kinds of fun discussion, talking about bowl games next week and who's where and the playoff and all that stuff and who got screwed and who didn't. So next week will be a great episode, and, and uh can't wait. Remember to subscribe, uh, give us your, your three-star review, um, thumbs up on all the stuff if you don't mind. We love it. And until next time, take care. We'll see you, buddy.